1: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
1: We begin with the latest developments in the Middle East. President Biden says Israel and Hamas should pause fighting to allow time to free more people from the Gaza Strip. Speaking in Minnesota, the president responded to a protester who demanded a full ceasefire. The United States is going to continue to drive humanitarian support for innocent people in Gaza who need help, and they do need help. We're going to continue to affirm... That Israel has the right to responsibility to defend its citizens from terror, and it needs to do so in a manner that is consistent with international and humanitarian law. The president also hailed international efforts to open the Rafah border crossing, which allowed hundreds to leave the territory yesterday. Hamas says 600 more are expected to leave today, including 400 American citizens.
2: Well, Nathan, we now turn to politics back home. Another attempt by fellow New York Republicans to expel Representative George Santos from the House fell short last night. And Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from Washington. George Santos
3: is indicted on fraud charges and accused of misconduct. The vote to remove him requires two-thirds majority. House Speaker Mike Johnson argued that an expulsion should be contingent on a criminal conviction or some official finding of ethical misconduct. Santos says the vote was a victory for due process.
1: I feel like due process is still alive. I feel like there's enough colleagues on both sides of the aisle here who understand that.
3: This was the second time Santos survived an expulsion vote. On Tuesday night, the Ethics Committee said it would reveal its next course of action by November 17th regarding its inquiry into allegations of misconduct. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio.
1: All right, Amy, thank you. Meanwhile, the civil fraud trial against former President Donald Trump has reached a key moment. The former president's oldest son has taken the stand. Donald Trump Jr. told the judge he was not involved in preparing financial statements for his father's company. In his words, the accountants worked on it. New York Attorney General Letitia James accuses Trump and his two eldest sons of inflating asset values by billions to reap illegal. Legal profits. Trump Jr.'s due back on the stand today. The former president is set to testify on Monday.
2: Well, Nathan, we have another big trial in New York nearing its end. Jury deliberations could begin as soon as today in the fraud trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. Bloomberg legal reporter Ava Benny Morrison was in the courtroom for the closing arguments. Bankman
3: Freed's lawyer, Mark Cohen, has tended to use metaphors in his jury addresses in this trial, and he suggested that the government had wrongly painted Sam as a villain, as a monster in a Hollywood film about a grand fraud scheme. He said that certainly wasn't the case. Yes, at one point, his client was probably the worst-dressed CEO in the country and had bad hair to anyone and everyone, including journalists, had a messy life, but that wasn't a crime.
2: And Bloomberg's Ava Benny Morrison says Bankman Freed is charged with seven counts of fraud and money laundering following the collapse of his FTX cryptocurrency empire last year.
1: Karen, let's now turn to a busy day for the markets. Investors are still reacting to what appears to be a dovish pivot by Jay Powell. After holding rates steady for a second consecutive meeting, the Fed chairman hinted the central bank may now be finished with the most aggressive tightening cycle in four decades. Jeffrey Rosenberg is a senior portfolio manager at BlackRock. Clearly what the market saw was a, a preference for the worry of tightening financial conditions. We're at sufficiently restrictive. We can be done. BlackRock's Jeff Rosenberg notes following the Powell News Conference, the 10-year Treasury yield tumbled below 4.75% for the first time in two weeks, still falling this morning now at 4.72%.
2: And Nathan, we also get a policy decision overseas this morning. Economists expect the Bank of England to hold rates for a second consecutive meeting.
1: Turning to earnings, shares of Shell are higher by 2%. Third quarter profit rose on a combination of higher energy prices, strong gas trading, and wider refining margins. The oil giant is also accelerating the pace of share buybacks
2: staying in Europe, Nathan Barclays is embarking on a plan to reduce its global workforce, but the British bank is planning to spare its Asia business from the bulk of job cuts. We spoke earlier with Barclays CEO C.S. Venkatakrishnan.
3: In Asia, uh, we, of course, have very booming economies, and we also have a very growing business. So, proportionately, it's you know far less likely to impact this region.
2: However, Barclays CEO C.S. Venkatakrishnan added that it would be ambitious for the bank to consider expanding into wealth in China and should instead focus on doing better in the U.K.
1: Let's turn back here to the U.S., Karen, because investors here are awaiting earnings from the world's most valuable company, Apple. It reports this afternoon and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby.
4: Apple's iPhone 15 lineup released on September 22nd, just about a week before the quarter ended. But the company will give investors early sales data on the new 15s, hoping to show that it's off to a great start ahead of the all-important holiday season. Bloomberg Consensus calls for earnings per share of $1.39, revenues of $89.34 billion, about half of that from smartphones. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio.
2: All right, Tom, thanks. Well, Disney reports earnings next week, but it is making news this morning. The company is moving to take full control of the Hulu streaming service. We get more from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. Complete
1: ownership helps integrate Hulu into the Disney Plus streaming service. And now, co owners Disney and Comcast must arrive at a price. Under a 2019 deal, the two agreed Hulu would be worth no less than $27.5 billion. Where might the money come from? Disney could sell legacy assets like ABC. And CEO Bob Iger is open to selling a minority stake in ESPN. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Radio.
2: Nathan, thanks. It is time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Republican Senators angrily challenged Senator
3: Tommy Tuberville on his blockade of almost 400 military officers, taking over the Senate floor for more than four hours to call for individual confirmation votes after a month's long stalemate. Republican Dan Sullivan of Alaska warned of dire consequences.
1: By the way, Xi Jinping is watching this right now going, I can't believe they're not letting these guys command. I'm scared to death of subs.
3: Senator Sullivan says if the standoff continues and officers do leave the military, Tuberville's blockade will be remembered as, quote, a national security suicide mission. The House could vote today on a bill providing aid to Israel. It's the first legislation under the new House Speaker Mike Johnson. But Johnson's bill would not only uncouple the aid to Ukraine that the Biden administration wanted, but also would redirect funding already earmarked for the IRS. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin says that's a mistake.
2: There's no, hum- no human being, no business can amass the amount of debt that we have and be successful. You just can't do it. So we, got to, we have to get our debt under so anything we do should be concerned about the debt.
3: But right now, we're fighting to survive. And Republican Lindsey Graham says without funding for Ukraine, the bill just won't make it through the Senate. Hamas says almost 600 more foreigners and dual nationals, including 400 American citizens, are expected to leave Gaza today. That would be the second batch to exit since the border with Egypt was opened yesterday. We get more with Bloomberg's Oliver Crook in Tel Aviv. We had two categories of people that were allowed to leave Gaza and go into Egypt. The first were the wounded Egyptian ambulances carrying some Palestinians out who had been um, hurt during the uh, fighting um, and during the bombardments. They're being treated in a field hospital in the northern Sinai. But the second are the foreigners that are now being permitted to cross over. Bloomberg's Oliver Crook tells us there are about 1,000 U.S. citizens in Gaza, and 400 of them will be permitted to leave today. Global news 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. Karen.
2: Right, Amy. Thank you. While well, we bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now, as Amy said, you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business App, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
4: Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen the Texas Rangers are World Series champions for the first time, and they did it by doing something that may never be done again. They won 11 0 on the road in the postseason. They just won their third straight game at Arizona. It was five to nothing, even though the Rangers didn't get a hit until the seventh inning off Zach Gallon. They scored a run in the seventh and then got four more in the ninth. Nathan Evaldi worked out of trouble. The Diamondbacks had runners in scoring position in each of the first five innings, but Evaldi finished the postseason going 5-0. Corey Seager was the MVP, as he was when the Dodgers won the World Series three years ago couple of things about Bob Knight's life, undeniable. Massively successful as a college basketball coach at Army, Indiana, and in Texas Tech. He won over 900 games, three national championships. His team in 1976, still the last to go undefeated. Also undeniable, the demons that led Knight to throw a chair during a game. Choked the player in a practice. He grabbed the arm of a student who called him by his last name. That led to his departure at Indiana. Bob Knight passed away at the age of 83. The Celtics are undefeated. They scored 155 points, the most in a game since 1959. They beat the Pacers in Boston by 51. The Wizards lost in Atlanta 130 to 121. The Warriors on a Clay Thompson shot at the buzzer topped Sacramento by a point. Josh Dashauer, Bloomberg Sports.
1: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. As the Israel Hamas war continues, President Biden is calling for a pause in fighting. That's so more people can be allowed to be released from the Gaza Strip, to be removed out of harm's way. This is as Israel faces some wavering support uh, for its ongoing ground effort from parts of the global south. And for more on all this, we're joined by Rosalind Matheson, Bloomberg's news director for Europe, the Middle East and Africa. Roz, good morning. Uh, Can you get us updated first off on how the effort to get more people out of harm's way is going.
5: Well, as you say, there's. it looks like they might get another 600 or so people out today. That was after there were about 80 people who could leave across that uh, crossing called the Rafa Crossing uh, between Gaza and Egypt yesterday. But these are mostly either people who are elderly and wounded in need of urgent medical care, but also those who are holding a foreign passport. So they've got passports from Australia, um, Asia, the US and elsewhere. And it's a really really small number of people um, in the end. When you think about the number of people who are currently bunched up inside Gaza, uh, many of them have moved further south towards that crossing, but they don't have any means to leave at the moment. This is really just those people who have foreign, sort of foreign nationals or in, in need of very, very urgent medical care. And what we know is that um, the, the attacks inside Gaza are continuing. Uh, the Israeli forces are pushing further towards Gaza City which is the very, very high density area. And that's going to lend itself towards door to door combat in the end. Um, we know the aerial strikes are continuing after those attacks on the refugee camp in recent days, Israel says it was striking Hamas there because they say that Hamas is using those refugee camps as strongholds. Um, but it looks like Israel is moving towards an approach of effectively severing, uh, Gaza in two. So separating North Gaza from the South, um, But then that's going to push people even further towards the south and bunched up towards the rougher crossing. But it's really only just a handful of people so far getting out.
1: And I guess it would make it that much harder to tell whether the people that are being allowed to leave Gaza at this point are some of the hostages that Israel says Hamas is still holding. A a number of hostages that seems to be steadily rising day by
5: day. Well that's right and just reflects the overall confusion really and in, in, in a wartime it's very difficult to get clear information and what we know is that bit by bit it seems that there are in fact even more hostages than were initially known about are scattered in different areas of the Gaza Strip um, and the negotiations are continuing via intermediaries, Qatar uh, and, and others are involved in that but it doesn't seem like they're making major progress towards the wholesale release of the rest of those hostages again. Again, it's very much a trickle, if any. And so what you've got is that situation of only a few people coming out of Gaza, limited aid, going in. And a real clear sense, especially from Egypt on that border crossing, they don't want uh, hundreds of thousands of people coming their way.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a trickle both ways of people moving out and aid moving in. And as this effort continues, we are starting to see a little bit more erosion for support for Israel, particularly from Jordan and some uh, leftist leaders in Latin America. What does that tell us about how support for Israel uh, could continue as this effort goes on?
5: Well, as you say, we're seeing greater noises from countries in what we often call together collectively the Global South, that some nations in Africa, in Latin America, in Asia and so on, including sort of uh, Muslim-majority nations, uh, Malaysia and and Indonesia in Asia, and just strong expressions of concern about the situation inside Gaza. And against that, you've got countries in Europe and the US still sort of issuing strong statements of support for Israel in the aftermath of what was a shocking attack on on Israel on October 7. Uh, but equi- equally then, you even had the US President Joe Biden yesterday saying that he's in favour of what he's calling a pause in the fighting, what these countries seem to be calling a pause or a halt or a temporary something, any word to use other than saying the word ceasefire, which is politically very difficult. Uh, but even they are saying it because they're seeing the level um, of the impact inside Gaza um, and so as time goes on, if this conflict really does go on for weeks and months as Israel is indicating and the, and the humanitarian cost of that increases in Gaza, you'll only see more and more uh, people potentially moving away from that overt level of support for Israel.
1: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.